the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everyone likes to be a part of the winning team. And so when we ask the question, why church? It's easy to come up with the answer. Everybody wants to be a part of the winning team, as we'll see next. Why church? Why belong to church? Why be a part of the body of Christ? Well, one of the answers can be found here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, where we see what God thinks of the church, why it's so important to Him. And to be a part of the church is to be a part of God's plan, which, as we all know, is a sure deal, the real deal. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we're looking at the question, why church? The answer, out of Ephesians chapter 5. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. Years ago when we were at the hall where we began, we had some kind of, we used to have family, we called them family business meetings, but sometimes business meetings could be all business and little family. Uh, And so there was some hot issue. I don't know what it was. And, and if you watch yourself, most of the issues you're fighting over today, give yourself a few years, you'll forget the issue. You'll forget the issue. Uh, can't think of what the issue was, but I assumed it was going to be a hot issue. And I was afraid we'd be a divided church, whatever that issue was. And uh, uh, I just that night, I said, you know what? Uh, I think in those days, maybe a Phil Ross or something, he... He was better at Robert's rules and order. He would conduct the meeting. But I, I set a uh, chair on the platform. I said, I know we have some hot issues we're going to discuss tonight. But I just want you to know, the chairman of this meeting is the invisible Christ who sits in the chair. Don't say or do anything that contradicts him. He's, he owns this place. He's the boss, not the elders, not the pastor, not the pope, Jesus. And the only way we know what Jesus' authority is, is he has said some things that he's told us to follow. But let me ask you, do you live your life under the awareness that God has given you direction, given you guidance, giving you someone in the glory that knows how to get dumb sheep to the destination he has for you. He's the head. He's the brains of this outfit. He's the decision making. He doesn't need a vote. He's already won it. He's got the office by way of the grave and by way of resurrection. He is the boss of the church. You might belong to a church. He's not the boss. I'd recommend find another church. I wouldn't go to the church that I didn't think Jesus got his way. 
Now that doesn't mean he won't have a bunch of flawed sheep because you all are flawed just like me. Don't look for a perfect church because you'll ruin it the moment you join. (laughs) There is no such thing in this life. But he is the head. And he says, I will give direction. I, I will distribute spiritual gifts. I will distribute the Holy Spirit. I'll make a difference in you. I'll cause your church to grow or not grow. See, uh, when we grow, we, it's quick to say we're doing something right. We got a method that we can lay the claim. Maybe it's the head of the church that I will add to you. He said that in Acts 2. He added to the day, to the church daily, such as should be saved. Hey, only he does the real addition. We can get a crowd maybe, and maybe not. But the head, the living head, you are under, you are under him. This gracious, loving Savior is the head of your life now. Because we are dummies. We are sheep in need of shepherding. You don't know how to get there. You were in a mess, most likely, when he found you. Don't start telling him how to lead you. He will lead you. He will watch over you. Two, he said, he loves his church. Husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. it is amazing how people who love you interpret you versus your critics. I mean, uh, I had a pastor that's going through a rough time and, and he just used one day, he told me, he said, you know what, if you fill my week and you show the week to my mother versus showing it to my critics, he said, my critics would give you about 10 things about that week. They see this fault, they don't like that. My mother would just say, what a wonderful son. What changes? The information, same information, different interpretation. Love covers a multitude of sin. Where uh, love is thin, faults are thick. Uh, According to 1 Corinthians 13, love does not keep a record of wrongs suffered. Love is patient. I would rip that out if I could. Uh, Love is kind. Uh, Love is gentle. All of this is what it acts. He said, Jesus Christ loves his church. Matter of fact, he told the Laodiceans, I am rebuking you. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And I'm going to tell you, everyone I love, I correct. God's children are loved so much, he corrects, trains, leads us. But he loves his church. He is not the critic of the church. He knows what's wrong with it. He knows when we lose first love. He knows when we tolerate Jezebel. He knows all the sins of the seven churches. And he prescribes change, do this. So he's not blind to our faults. And he tells us what we ought to do to correct them. But just know you belong to a person who loves you. And he said, my major proof is I died for you. I've already paid a price to make you. What would you feel about something? That's why mother love, I think, might be unique in human love. Because to have a baby, 
to go through the nine months pregnancy, to go through the childbirth process, to do the nursing, to do the diaper change. I'm telling you, uh, the women have a major investment in a life. Major, I'm not saying men don't, but they've been in so many cultures where the men know how to get her pregnant, but they're not there for much more. And she, that's why you think of mother love, of that enfolding, nurturing, affectionate. It's why so many men, the most tender moments, mama, you know, haggard, saying, mama tried, mama tried, but I'm serving time. But she tried. There's some, and here Jesus is saying, uh, church, church, church. You belong to someone that loves you. I love the church. I gave my life for the church. Why don't you? Do you love it? Are you a critic of it? And the critics are usually the non-participating. They can be the ones that want to be served and are not. I find those who are greatest servants are our least critical. They're always trying to correct, improve, do whatever they can. Where do you fit in God's church? You're under the control and the guidance of a loving, loving head. What a savior he is. Now, what's he planned to do with the church? I just make number three that uh, he says, I am going to clean up the church. I'm always having to clean the church. First uh, John 1.7, his blood continually is cleansing us from all sin. And here he says that he, to make her holy is his goal. And he's cleansing her by the washing with water. And the water here is likened to his word. So that uh, regeneration, being born again in Titus 3 is taking a bath, he says. God makes you, washes you clean from all your sins. But it's quite interesting how much dirt you pick up while walking through the world. Uh, you remember Peter, he wanted the Lord to give him a bath. And, and the Lord knew he had a bath. So you don't need a bath. You just need your feet washed. Because your feet get dirty walking through this world. You need to be born again. But you will still get dirty in this world. You'll be around a lot of things that will soil, a lot of things that can poison the mind. The images are coming at us all the time. You're walking. I had a friend lived in India. He said the worst thing was having to always dodge human feces to get into his office. He said it was filthy where he lived. Uh, People used everywhere, everywhere, every place they wanted was the restroom. So he said, just to manage hygiene and to get around to where, go to a place where there's no showers. Go to a place where there's no gutters. Go to a place where there's no public sanitation. Uh, in these cultures that Jesus started his church in, they were pretty dirty. Odors were bad. And he says, I'm taking a church a people that I save, and I'm taking them out of idolatry. I'm taking them out of Judaism. I'm taking them from some dirty, dirty places. And one of the things I will do for my people is I will begin a cleansing project. 
Making them clean. I'll, I'll wash their mind. I'm going to wash their mouth out. I'm going to wash their morals. I'm going to wash their motives. I'm going to cleanse. I'm going to scrub. I'm going to scrub. I'm going to scrub. When we lived in the projects, I think I got a bath once a week. When there's seven of us, that's a luxury. Just a tub, no showers. I don't know when I got. But I used to dread. I was a little guy. I'm second grade, maybe third. My mother, I could still hear her. Philip, did you wash your hair? Yeah. I didn't, but I, I didn't want her messing with me. And she'd come in, and we hadn't, I don't think we discovered shampoo by that time, but we did bar soap. Have you ever had your hair washed with a bar of soap? Get over here. Say, Mama, this is not a washboard. She didn't, oh, no, no, we're going to get this. Boom. I want to be dirty. Leave me alone. You won't be. You represent me. A lot of times you say to boys, have you showered? And they say, why do you need to shower? It's been a week. I'm always saying to my grandchildren, have you brushed your teeth? I mean, to have halitosis at eight is bad. But, you know, they get to go and they got to be taught how to be clean. How to be clean. How to keep, and, and Jesus says, I just want you to know I'm going to be the cleansing agent to you. I'm going to cleanse you and my soap will be my word. And James said that. We'll behold him in his word and he shows us where we're blemished. And he says, you need to stand there long enough. Don't take a casual glance. If you read James 2, he says, some just look in the mirror and I'm all right. No, you don't know. You don't stay in it long enough to see you're not all right. Just hang out. Keep looking. You aren't that clean. Are you looking? Has the word? He said it's a critic. It's an x-ray. It's an x-ray. I just had a CT scan put dye in me. Oh, yeah. We'll, We'll find things in there your doctor hasn't found. Because we got powerful, powerful rays that are going to read what's going on in your body. And the Word of God is an x-ray machine. It, it, it actually takes an x-ray of your motives, your intents, your attitudes. It does all of that. And Jesus said, I want to scrub out that attitude. Oh, you grew up being a racist? I want to scrub that out of you. It doesn't fit my bride. You grew up being in love with the rich. You don't have any use for poor people. You know what I mean? You don't have, you're not broad enough in your social spectrum. You're always selecting people by dress, prestige. Neighbor. When are you going to start loving people? And quit always finding what category you like. Do you love people? Don't do you love white? Do you like brown? Hey, when did you get to pick the color people God puts in your life? You're not in charge of the color scheme. You hear? If you don't like their color, you're taking on their creator. Don't mess with the creator's handiwork. God made you the color you are because he likes it. It doesn't matter if anybody else does. And he wants his people to like what he likes. That's what he does when he cleanses us. And then in this same word, he does something else. 
uh, while he's scrubbing you, he's actually setting you apart. And what he's setting you apart for, he, uh, his word says he sanctifies you, sets you apart for sacred use, not just to isolate you, but he's setting you apart, John seventeen seventeen. He sanctifies us through his word, through the truth, and his word is truth. But you know why he's sanctifying you, setting you apart, setting you apart? He's planning to marry us. Uh, you all are getting ready for the greatest wedding of all time. And women and men are in the bride. That's quite a deal, is it, men? You've never been a bride before, but you are in the bride. Uh, and, and he said, he's doing this cleansing. And watch this, verse 26. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And I love this, presenting him, uh, her to himself. And in the Greek, the himself is up close in the beginning of the verse. This is his project. You know what? I didn't do anything that I know of to prepare my girls for their wedding day except pay the bill. And I'm still bitter about that. But uh, this project, this beautification of the church, the bride, he is to, for him, he's going to present her to himself and himself is strong in this. It's him. It's his project. I'm preparing you for my wedding day to you. I'm going to make you look like what I'm going to marry for eternity. We're headed towards the marriage supper of the Lamb. This formal, some way, God the Father's going to be there, and the sons, and we some way marry the bride. He's engaged to us right now. And Paul said, I presented you as an engaged virgin. I'm wanting you to be pure until wedding day. So some way in all that language, metaphor, analogy, however you understand it, he says, I am preparing you for the day you and I exchange vows in front of God and angels. And I'm going to beautify you for the day. And he uses a physical bride. He said, on that day, you will be radiant. The manifest glory of God will be displayed. You'll be without stain, no spot, uh, nothing like that, or wrinkle. Uh, at first, I took that to be their garment. But uh, as I said, it, it means in your face. So the bride will look young. Uh, no wrinkles. Uh, no eyelids that need to be fixed. Uh, and there will be no other blemish, but you look holy and blameless. And what he's doing is using physical beauty to liken to what it will be morally and spiritually in his sight. There will be nothing you could find wrong with the bride. He'll see to it. Can you imagine that someday Jesus is going to say, you're a knockout. You're a knockout. You're beautiful to me. He says that kind of language in Ezekiel 16 when he says, Israel, when I found you, I found you in the wilderness. Nobody pitied you. I found you in the blood of afterbirth. 
and you were ready to perish. Then he goes to verse 14 and he says, I raised this girl that became beautiful. But in verse 14 he says, and you became beautiful with the splendor I bestowed upon you. All your beauty I gave you. I made you beautiful. Gaither years ago wrote a song, Something Beautiful, Something Good. All my confusion he understood. It's amazing where he brings people from. From sin, the corruption, the dirt, the filth of sin. Sin is a dirty object. Sin soils the soul. And he said, but based upon the work I do at the cross, and based upon my love and my process, you're going to be beautiful by that day. He finally says that a husband ought to nourish and cherish his wife like Christ nourishes and cherishes his church. And the word nourish there literally is the idea of raising children. And involved in that raising is feeding, feeding them. But the idea is whatever it takes to make you grow up. I'm going to nourish you. I'm going to raise you. And he says raise children that way in Ephesians 6. But I love what it says. Raise these children. And he says, and cherish them while you do it. And the word uh, had the word heat, uh, flame. And what it meant was passionate love. Then it came to be used of tenderness, affection. Probably that would be the word. Affectionately rear, rear this child in the bonds of affection, tenderness, kindness. Probably nothing more heartbreaking than to see a child raised harshly, meanly, boxed at the store, and boxed and called stupid. And my, you can just see it when you're in the marketplace. Boom. Get out of the way. You're just in my way. Boom. Boom. Oh, break your heart. You're saying, that's where you do a child. Takes lots of patience to raise children. I'm glad I married such a woman that it was really good at it. I knew how to spank, but too quick. Too quick in the early days. As you get older, you don't need to spank you for everything. Sometimes they need to be embraced and explained. One of the best things I did do, I had them set in my lap and hug them after spankings because I didn't want to rift. I'm glad I did that. God is raising you tenderly, training you to come up and to be the kind of bride, the kind of people he wants. So I would call you to a divine perspective on church because many people have been hurt in church. They've got all kinds of images. I mean, churches have done crazy things. Congregations. I mean, they've split. They've fought. It's, but the goal is for us to act like Christ, right? And to become why? Why did he want a church? To love. To raise. To be tender. To nourish. His church. And what I'm hoping you'll find out in the weeks to come. What? purpose and place he has planned for you in his church 
in the people who belong to him has he got a plan and he definitely has a plan and I would just say when the church uh, is going tough times uh, discipline maybe uh, all the tests that come to a family of believers just like your personal life we go through seasons 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 remember Christ loves the church and he wants you to love it like him. Love it like him. Don't be bitter. Don't, don't paint one group like him. You got to keep looking to Jesus. He is the perfect model. The rest of us are still imperfect. We're in process. Still in process. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 833 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.